This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. We're talking about understanding and embracing the gift of pastor. You know, so I will let you know this. I... uh, I'm the type of person that I, I have notes and uh, I'll study my notes and, but I don't usually stick to my notes. I'll run back to them because I'm usually, I, and I mean, because they're, they're in my heart. I know where I want to go and I'll use scriptures. But this morning, I'm going to stick to some notes and I'm going to have my notes for you for just this morning. You Sunday evening crowd, you should have an understanding about certain things so you won't get my notes this evening. But but this morning, I'm going to follow my notes because I'm going to specifically lay down something that just God's put in my heart about the gift, understanding the gift of pastor. I told you this morning that God methodically just positions you to hear and he puts a hunger in you like, OK, like I told you from the very first song about every praise belongs to him, just to our God about uh, nobody like you, Lord, fill me up just the prayer away, it leaves you in a position to say, God, I want you. So I would ask you, how is he going to deliver it to you? He's going to deliver it when the people of Israel cried out to him. He sent his servant. He sent his servant. But the scripture says that he delivered him with a strong hand, with an outstretched arm. It was his servant, but it was a strong hand and it was an outstretched arm. Everything, when you're in need of help, God always extends His hand. All the time. Throughout the Scriptures, you'll find it, that God extends His hand. He, in, what did He say in this? He goes, uh, he goes, is my hand shortened? That He can't deliver? He says, but it's your iniquities that have separated me from you. He said, but it's going to be His hand that He wants to extend to you. God always wanted to extend His hand to you, but He could not. But He made a way. And through that way, he made means and, and, and gifts that came through that way. Jesus is the way. But when he ascended on high, he gave gifts unto man. See, God doesn't do... You may think, well, God can speak to anybody. No, you can hear God on certain things. But when it comes down to your perfection, when it comes down to your uh, maturing stabilizing you, establishing you in something, you're not going to get away from the gift. You're not going to get away from what God does, or how God does things. So I want you to go to, first we're going to start off with the book of Hebrews, chapter 13. So God is going to extend His hand. And I'll let you know a few things. I didn't want to actually get too far into that, but God is going to extend His hand. Hebrews, chapter 13. And whenever you're ready with for my notes. I would ask this. And then it's not going to bother me. If you can't see that, you should move somewhere you can. Because I am going to follow the, those notes. So, always remember in Hebrews chapter 13, chapter 13, verse 7 and 13. Let's read that. Are we there? It says, Remember them which have rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of God whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation. Verse 13. No, I'm sorry. Verse 17. Obey them that have rule 
over you and submitting and submit yourselves. It says, Obey them that have rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls, as they must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Always remember it. It's always about remembering, obeying, and submitting yourselves. The remembering part is going to get you to a point where God is going to get you to a point where during this season, He's just giving you an understanding. Because a lot of times people, even though you cannot separate, you should be able to separate the, the, the man from the office. And what I mean by that, you should be able to separate it as it pertains to giving them honor that they don't deserve. As it pertains like, they are not God. And what I mean by that, they're, they're putting them in a place where it's to the point where it's harmful to them. You know, and even though God knows who He calls, God knows who He calls, and He... We think, about, think about the disciples. The disciples came to Jesus in, in, the, in the Gospels and said, You know, Lord, in Your name we've cast out devils. We've done this. We've done that. And He said, he said I beheld Satan fall from heaven like lightning. He says, don't rejoice over those things. Rejoice because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of God. Why did he say, I beheld Satan? Because one of the biggest things that a minister can go through is pride. Arrogancy. And see, the thing is, God knows who He calls. Because those people know their frailties. They know their inabilities. They know their weaknesses. And they stay before God with them. See, there is a difference. See, God, that's why I'm, I, I, I marvel at certain people that are so arrogant. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably not called. You know, you, you, know, you, you take too much. Think about it. And you're gonna, we're going to hear about it. When it came down to when they were addressing Moses, what did Moses tell Aaron? And, and uh, what did Moses tell uh, uh, the, the, the boys that were coming, to, the sons of Korah? He said, you take too much upon yourself. He said, you know, you, you, you think you're called, but you've taken way too much. What it means is God didn't give you that. You've taken way too much upon yourself. And that's the way God deals with His people. He always sends His servant. I want you to go to Nehemiah. And here's where we're going to rest for a while. And then we're going to get started with some statements of truth. You can pull up those statements of truth because we're going to read them together. Okay, I want you to look over here, look at this thing, and we're going to read these. It says, I'm not here to convince anyone to honor Pastor Hill. That's not what I'm here for, not to convince you to honor Pastor Hill. But I'm here to declare the honor that the office of pastor carries and the honor that it is owed. So once again, I want you to read it with me. I am not here to convince anyone to honor Pastor Hill. But I'm here to declare the honor that the office of pastor carries and the honor that it is owed. Let's go to the next one. I'm not here to move you to embrace Pastor Hill as your pastor. I'm not here to to move you to do that. You'll, You'll see where I'm coming from. I'm not here to move you to do that. See, a lot of times we're not here as some cheerleader saying, you know, you've got to support, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. If God can't convict you and God cannot move you to do what a spirit of what, what someone that says that the spirit of God dwells in them, Ricky's wasting his time because it's just not going to happen. Continue. I'm not here to move you to embrace pastor as your pastor. I'm here to deliver an understanding of the gift of pastor. I want you to continue putting those up. 
The embracing is all dependent on what you have understood. So I'm not here to move you to embrace pastor who as your pastor. I'm here to deliver an understanding of the gift of pastor. The embracing is all dependent on what you have understood. And I don't give you an understanding. I don't give you an All I do is minister a message and the Spirit of God causes you to get an understanding. What you do with the understanding will depend on your embracing. So you can understand it, but you still have to embrace. Understanding and embrace. I want you to continue. But throughout this teaching until its end, so through, from the beginning of this teaching through the end, you will have seen and experienced that it is all God that is working in you and it is with Him that you're dealing with at all times. You're going to see that you're always dealing. When it comes down to what He's doing, you're only dealing with God. And again, you may say, oh, you're just trying to scare people to do what... I ain't trying to scare you to do anything that the Spirit of God doesn't put the fear of God in you to do. It's all about what God is doing in your life. So, keep on. So it is crucial. It is of utmost importance that you come to an understanding and to the embracing of the gift of pastor, teacher, at this time, so that you can avoid the unfavorable judgment of God in the future. There's an unfavorable judgment of God. And you may think, well, you know, God doesn't anybody. It's all about what you've reaped. What you have sowed and you're reaping. There is an unfavorable judgment of God. And you may think, well, God doesn't... No, God judges all things. People, it's so, it's so interesting how people don't understand the judgments of God. I, I say to my family sometimes, I say, well, God judge between me and what I'm doing and what you're doing. And they think, well, you know, they think God is... Well, you shouldn't say that. I say, God always judges. I'm like, what I'm doing based on you know, the things that I'm doing right now and the things that you're doing. In this situation, I want God to judge. I want Him to show you what's happening. Because that's the judgments of God. He's going to declare and show you clearly. He did it all the time. He did it to, you know, he did it to, to the sons of Korah. He did it. He said, you know, who is Moses? And who is Aaron that you've come against them? He said, no, you, you haven't come against Moses. and you come in. Who are they? He said, they're number, a, a, a tool in my hands. A means that I have in my hands. So continue going. Not understanding and embracing the gift of pastor not only puts you in a place of the unfavorable judgment of God, but it leaves you in a place in life that, where you're a lousy builder. In this generation and in your generations to come. See, you can only build upon your foundation. You can only build. But see, I have my pastor, founding pastor, he laid an excellent foundation. My pastor now is going to show you how to build. That's all she's going to, she's going to show you how to build. And you're like, the question is going to be, why Pastor Alva Hill? Why? And I'm going to answer those questions. Why Pastor Alva Hill? But in this process, my objective is one objective. Those statements of truth that I gave you, my only objective is to prove out clearly these statements of truth through the teaching. I just want to prove them out. You know, is there honor? You know, should I honor it? Where is the honor at? Are we in Nehemiah chapter... Let's go to chapter 1. And just follow. Book of Nehemiah. 
We're going to start in chapter 2 for right now. And we're going to read from verse 1 to verse 8, and I'll read. It says, are we there? Because I hear some pages. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, Nisan, in the twentieth year of Artaxerxes, the king, that wine was before him, and I took up the, the wine and gave it to the king. Now I had not been before time sat in his presence. This is Nehemiah in the presence of the king. He was his cupbearer. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very sore afraid, and said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad, when the city, the place of my father's sepulchre, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire? Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make requests? So I prayed to the God of heaven, and I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me into Judah, into the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, the queen also sitting by him, For how long shall thy journey be? And when wilt thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. Moreover, I said unto the king, If it please the king, let letters be given to me, to me, to the governor beyond the river, that I may convey me, that he, that they may convey me over till I come to Judah. And a letter unto Asaph, the keeper of the king's force, that he may give me timber to make means for the gates of the palace which appertain to the house. For the wall of the city and for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me according to the good hand of God upon my life. He said, he granted me according to the good hand of God upon me. Stay there, I want you to go. Same, same book. Stay in chapter 2. And we're going to start at verse 11. Let's just go back to 11. So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days. And I arose in the night. And some few men with me, neither told I any man what God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me, save the beast that I rode upon. And I went by night, by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, unto the dung port, and view the walls of Jerusalem which were broken down, and the gates thereof were consumed with fire. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain, and to the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. Then I went up in the night by the brook, and viewed the wall, and turned back, and entered by the gate of the valley, and so returned. And the rulers knew not whether I went, or what I did, neither had I yet told it to the Jews, nor to the priests, nor to the nobles, nor to the rulers, nor to the rest that did the work. Then said I unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lieth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, let us build up the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. Then I told them of the good hand of God, which was upon me, as also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. But, see, God's provision is always going to be made known by his hand where what God has for you it always going to come from his hand and it's interesting how he had to first he, the king the king was on his authority was on his side but it was only because of the hand of God that was upon him and when he declared it to the people it was only because the only reason they arose and built because he told them of the good hand of God upon them he was actually giving them an understanding of what was going on after that understanding, they had an understanding of what was going on. They arose and built. 
They arose in such a fashion that regardless of the opposition that came, they would not let go of the work. They had a good understanding of who was at work. That it was not a man. So I want you to write down, we're going to study this word hand. So as you can see, that's the thing that stuck out to me. The good hand of God. What is the good hand of God? So let's go to this definition of understanding first. Understanding and embracing. Because I told you I would follow my notes. and I'm going to keep to that. Understanding and embracing. Okay, the, the, the definition for understanding. Are we there? It is to perceive the meaning of, grasp the idea of, comprehend, to be thoroughly familiar with, apprehend clearly the character, the nature or subtleties of. Again, it means to perceive the meaning, grasp the idea of, comprehend, to be thoroughly familiar with, apprehend clearly the character, the nature or subtleties of. Are we talking about perceiving the meaning of Pastor Alva Hill, the, the, the woman of God? Alva Hill? Are we talking about becoming familiar with Alva Hill? We're not talking about the person that's in office. We're talking about the office. That's what we're talking about. We want to understand, perceive the meaning of the office, grasp that idea of the office, comprehend the office, to be thoroughly familiar with the office because they had an understanding. They came to an understanding of the office. See, remember, when God, you, when you cry, when you're praying, He extends your hand. When you came, when you called out to Jesus for salvation, it was His hand that delivered you. It was all what was in His hands. In His hands, you will find provision. In His hands, you will find power. In His hands, you will find means. You will find direction in His hands. That's all in His hands. See, but the thing about it, there's more in His hands. That's just what you find in His hands. There's, there's certain things that are in His hands There's like, man, I didn't know that was in His hand. That is in His hand. And you're going to see who you're dealing with when you come against Him. Well, once again, we're understanding, we're perceiving. We want to grasp the idea of, be thoroughly familiar with the office of pastor. That's what we want to do. It's not about becoming familiar with a person. Because I want to tell you this much. You see a small crowd here, or you see us. Our people, the ones that usually come here. But I want to tell you this. What happens when there is multitudes of people? Do you think everyone is going to have access to everyone here? But they will have access to the gift of pastor. At all times. At all times. Do you know why? Because God's hand is not short. He's like, I'll extend it to every individual in this place. And I do it by me extending my hand. That's how I'm going to do it. So, embrace, it means, let's go to the definition of embrace. And I am taking my time. If you, if you think it's, uh, hopefully it's, you think it's me taking my time. So, embrace, it means to take or receive gladly or eagerly. Accept willingly. It means to avail oneself up. I like that. That's what we're going to do. To avail oneself up. So, it means to take or receive gladly or eagerly. Accept willingly. It means to avail oneself of. I want to deal with the avail of oneself of because that, is, that denotes a process of time. Availing oneself of something. It means you make use of it. It means to be of use or value to. It's a profit. It's an advantage. You look at it as an advantage to you. I don't know. When you find something that's an advantage to you, you seem to stay in that vein. I'm going to use this because it's to my advantage. And you stay there and you stay there. That is the gift of pastor. 
It is to your advantage that you come to an understanding of what that gift has for you. It's to your advantage. It's, you must make use of it. You must value it. Because if you don't value it, what you do not value, you cannot receive from. You cannot embrace something that you think is against you. You will not embrace. It's not that you can't. You will not embrace it. If I think you're against me, if I think you're not for me, if I think even when somebody gives you a gift and you think and you know their intentions, you have a hard time embracing that gift because you know the person that's given to you is not right. But how can you think that about God when He's all for you? So, so why can't you not receive the gift of pastor? Only because you lack understanding. You know, people think, and, and I'll go back, and, and, I, and, and I know my family member is going to listen because I've been ministering to this individual in my family. And, and for some reason, this individual thinks what God is going to do is outside of the church. We're all the church. You know, the, the, the men have corrupted, and I said, I agree, men have corrupted the institution. The, what you see, sometimes they, they put their hands on it and they shouldn't have it. But I said, you know that God's order is in the marriage? I said, and you're a firm believer of the marriage. And you're a firm believer that the head of every man is Christ and that the head of the woman is the man and the head of Christ is God. You believe that. I said, and you believe this. I said, you also believe that if your husband is pleased to dwell with you, that you're not supposed to be put him away because you love the institution of marriage. I said, so why should you put away the institution of God? Why should you put away from the church when the order started there? God's order is in His church. And just because you don't see it, it's there. And God is going to use His church. Just like you not, He don't expect you to give up on your bride, He is not going to give up on His. He's going to do exactly what He's going to do in the church and He set up order in the church to make it do what it has to do. You know, so, so don't ever think that, oh, you know, God doesn't have an order. God has an order and He stays with that order. I will tell you this. I'll tell my family, all the, you'll never be, without a pastor teacher, you will never be the effective believer that you're supposed to do. Never. Outside, you cannot. You can argue with me all you want, but I'll run circles with, around you with certain scriptures showing. See, because you have to, with that attitude, you have to tear certain scriptures out of the Bible. And you cannot do that. But see, I can contradict your scripture by showing you scripture after scripture. See, and that's what people don't like. You know, they say, oh, this is the way God is going. No, just because you say that God is going to do that, God is only going to extend His hand and whatever is in His hand, that's for you. You cannot put things in His hands. What's already in His hands, that's all He has to offer you. He has nothing else to offer you and you're going to see what is in His hand. And you're going to see this is the order of God. So, let's talk about hand. Good hand upon me. This word hand, I want you to get there. I'm sorry. This word hand in the Hebrew comes from the word yad. And I may mispronounce that, but it's the part of the human body from the upper wrist to the tip of the fingers. It's interesting how we started with the natural. So we all understand the natural hand is from the upper wrist to the tips of the fingers. This is my hand. But it also means possession. Formerly hand, what is owned or controlled by another. You've got to understand that. The hand means possession. It's what is owned. So, 
And we're not necessarily referring to your hand and what you own or you possess. But what is in my hands is owned by me. It's controlled by me. I have the ownership. I have the control. But we're talking about the hand of God. So whatever is... When he talks about his hand, that means you're my possession. That's why he puts his hand on you. You're, you're, you should be controlled by me. Now, and when we're talking about not necessarily you are a robot because you do have a will. But he said, when it comes down to his gift, he controls it. It's like, no, I'm in control of the gift. Now, you, you have a say of whether you want to obey me or not, but the gift is mine. That's why he told in Ezekiel chapter 34, I will deliver my sheep from their mouths. He goes, because I know how to deliver my people. So, so don't, don't get it twisted that God doesn't know how to deal with His gift. When His gift is not doing what it needs to do, God will deal with them. He doesn't need you. See, the thing is, you've got to understand something. You think it's wrong with questioning certain things. There's nothing wrong with questioning. You don't have a right to question her. See, there's a big difference. You have a right to question God about every question. See, I've questioned God. From September 1st of the year that my pastor passed, I started questioning. Like, God, what are you doing? What's going to happen? What are we going to do? What is this? You know, all, but you know, there's a difference between going to God and then having, allowing Him to give you an understanding than, than doing what Korah and, and Dathan did. You see, they took men, leaders, and they said, you know, you know you take, he, he told Moses, you've taken too much upon yourself. We're all holy. He said, you know, you, you think you, you make yourself king. You make yourself above this. And he didn't understand that God's hand did that. He didn't do it. He's like, you know, who am I? I'm just doing what God told me to do. He said, don't you remember I'm the person, the hand that was extended when you were in Israel and brought you out? You know, you don't remember that? He said, oh yeah, you know, praise me that. And then and all of a sudden I make decisions that you don't like and you think that I don't hear from God. Just because you don't like it. And then you start questioning through other, what do you think, what do you think Pastor Alva is doing? What do you think about this? What do you think about Pastor, uh, Pastor, uh, our future Pastor Isaac Hill? What do you think? You think they're just trying to control this and make it a hill, you know, a, a hill dynasty? You, you said you you heard you heard it you heard this right? You heard this from from your own from your own pastor's mouth. If Isaac doesn't line up and do what he has to do, I don't owe him nothing. Doesn't owe people nothing. She only owes God to do His will. That's all she does. This is, see, and you're going to understand, once again, why Pastor Alva Hill during this season? Why? You know, that's the question, why? And, and I'm going to answer that question, maybe tonight, so you may have to come back, but I will answer why Pastor Alva Hill, why? You know, all the, and I'm going to just stress the thing about interim pastor, things about, you know, why it's there, why it was said, why it was, who spoke it, so you can understand and get an understanding. Because all of those questions that may have crossed your mind in some point in time. But, you've got to write the right people. Not the right person. And that's God. You want an understanding, you go to God. And He gives you an understanding. So, the word means possession. What is owned or controlled by another. It also means power. I like this. The force and ability sufficient to accomplish a task. As an extension of the hand, as a part of the body, which is essential to manipulate one's environment. It's, it, it's interesting. He said it's power. It's the force and ability sufficient to accomplish the task. As an extension of the hand. But it's interesting how he said 
It's in my hand. Everything you ever need, but I have to extend it to you. There's no power released to you until the hand is extended to you. See, so what God is, I'm going to, I'm going to read it again. It's the, the force and ability sufficient to accomplish the task as an extension of the hand as the part of the body which is essential to manipulate. That word manipulate means to manage and influence skillfully. It means to handle, manage, or use, especially in the skill of some practice, process, or treatment, or performance. This hand is what God uses in the church. It's His hand. He extends it. See, God, I understand something from the very beginning. From the very beginning, and I, and I made mention, this is His hand that delivered you. And Jesus was the deliverance. He was the gift to all mankind. He says, this is my hand extended to you. He said, but after I do this work, He's going to rise again. And my work is not finished because He's going to deliver gifts unto men for the perfecting of the saints. See, God is not done. All of it is an extension of His hand. But what's in His hand, He possesses. It's His possession. He owns it. He controls it. He has the force and ability sufficient for any task that He asks you. But He has to extend His hand upon you. So, Nehemiah said this. I told him about the good hand of God upon my life. And they arose and they built. See, until you see who's behind the gift of pastor, you will never do what you have to do. Until you understand it. So, this word hand, we're going to continue. It's, it's starting to get better. I love this word hand. It says, the word hand is, it's interesting, the same word, but it means the open one. The open hand. Indicating, oh, I'm sorry, the open hand. Indicating power, means and direction. In distinction, now, now we're going to make a difference from the other hand in Hebrew, which means the closed hand. So there's two words in Hebrews, and he wanted to make a distinction here. He wanted to note the differences. He said there is an open hand, which means power, means, and direction. And then there's a closed hand, which also which means a hollow hand. That means there's nothing there for you in the closed hand. There's nothing. And never in the Scriptures... See, a closed hand is a fist. And God never deals with His people with a fist. He always extends an open hand. His word is... His hand is always open. Cedric, come over here. I want to show you what I'm talking about. See, there's power. There's means. And there's direction and an open hand. But a closed hand cannot release the power, cannot give you the means and cannot direct you properly. So if I give this brother a fist, no, don't grab me there, brother, grab my hand. That's my wrist. Okay? So he, just so you know, you're going to have to actually exert some power to get up here, right? So you're going to have to hold. But it's mostly his power in that. So when I start directing him, he's holding on to me, and I continue directing him, but if I, if I turn and just kind of like pull away, there's nothing there to actually hold him. So it's all His force. It's all His ability. And salvation was never on your part. It was never with your ability and with your, your force. It was never. God didn't expect you to do anything but to hold on. God didn't, he didn't, I would say, he didn't expect you to do anything but to grab a hold of His hand. He never expects. So if I asked Cedric to sit down, not sit down, but stand back on the floor, and I extend to him a hand, now my, give me the other hand, brother. My hand is here. So I am actually directing him. There's nothing Cedric can do.
to actually release my hand. I control his hand. I direct him. But if I told Cedric Henry, take what's in my hand, I have a closed hand for you. Get the means. Get something that's in there. He has to actually try to drive my hand apart to get it. But my brother, just let me open my hand and just take it. See, there's an open hand and there is a closed hand. And God never closes His hands to you. But there's something in His hand that's provision for you. It's means. It means direction. It means provision. God only offers you an open hand. But it's you that has to submit to take it. You have to submit to receive it. You're out, you, you have a seat. See, all of those things, you have, see, it comes from He showed them the good hand of God upon His life. See, God never, God never expected, again, for you to do this on your own. So, you come to Jesus. You accept you. You're, all of these things, I'm talking to Christians. You can be a Christian and have not accepted the gift of pastor. You can be a believer who accepted Jesus Christ, but you're a sheep that has not been taught. You are sheep. And see, I want you to go to Isaiah chapter 40. So there is a difference as we continue with the notes as you go to Jeremiah 40. There is a difference in, the, in which an open hand has to offer you versus which a closed hand or a fist has to offer you. With an open hand, you can benefit from the power it has to offer you. With an open hand, you can benefit from the power it has to offer you. You can benefit from the means, the available resources it has to offer you resources as a source of supply, support of aid, especially one that can easily be drawn upon when needed. He's a very present help in the time of your need. There's a scripture in the book of Psalms and it talks about that when he ascended on high, he gave gifts unto man. And he said he even gave it to the rebellious that he may dwell upon them, dwell with them, that he may dwell with them. God just wants to be with you, but he only does it with his gifts. He, he only visits you with His gift. Now, while I hear from God, what have you heard? Can you line it? Align it with the other Scriptures and throughout from Genesis. I can align what I believe from Genesis all the way to Revelation. I can align it. But see, I haven't been able to align it because I sat under somebody that showed me how to align it. I sat under somebody that showed me, no, that, that's, not proper, that's not proper teaching. You know, and you may think, well, I don't quite agree with everything that he taught. And I'm like, well, as long as he could show me in the scriptures, I can follow it. If he can show me, I will follow it. So, so the thing about it is, I always look back to, and I've told you this, there's a such thing as a Christian and a good Christian. There is someone, and what I mean by that, a good Christian is only someone that has allowed themselves to be taught. Not somebody that knows it all. Somebody that's humble. Somebody that has allowed themselves to be taught. But you can also benefit, number three, you can benefit from the direction it has to offer. But a closed hand is limited in the power it has to offer you. It cannot release any resources, the supply, the support, the aid that is needed when you need it and cannot direct you properly or successfully. God has ordained a method to bring you help. And it's all in His hands. Let's go... To, I told you Isaiah chapter 40, right? Let me get there. This is not in my notes, but we're going to go here. Isaiah chapter 40. When I find it. 
I'm hoping that's the scripture Minister Hasten went to because I was like, yeah, that's it. Yep, that is the scripture. And we'll just start at verse 1. God is all about comforting His people. All about it. We'll read to verse 11 and I'll read it. It says, Comfort ye, comfort ye my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned. For she hath received of the, where? Of the Lord's hand. Double for all her sins. He said, you know, it was not about you. It's about what I have to offer you in my hand. He said, she has received of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Then it talks about his servant. It says, the voice of one that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted and every mountain and hill shall be brought low. And the crooked shall be made straight and the rough places plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all flesh shall see it together for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. The voice said, cry. And he said, what shall I cry? All flesh is grass and all the goodliness thereof is as the flower of the field. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the Spirit of the Lord, because the Spirit of the Lord bloweth upon it. Surely the people is grass. The grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the Word of our God shall stand forever. This is what I wanted to get to. 19-11 O Zion that bringeth good tidings, get thee up to the high mountain. O Jerusalem that bringeth good tidings, lift up thy voice, lift it up, be not afraid. Say unto the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Behold the Lord God will come with a strong hand and His arm shall rule for Him. Behold, His reward is with Him where in His hand and His work before Him. He shall feed His flock like a shepherd. Shepherd, He shall gather the lamb with His arm and carry them in His bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. God is like everything. I, and I keep on going back to this. Everything that God has is in His hands. So, any time, Romans chapter 10, and I want you to go there, starting at verse 6. But any time, see, and you can start at verse 1, because verse 1 talks about Israel not believing. He said, and they go about trying to establish their own righteousness, which is not the righteousness of God. See, God doesn't need you to establish your own way of believing Him. He already set up a method by which you're going to believe, and He's about to show you His method. He said, no, no, I already have a method by which you are going to hear from me. He said, and I have it all in my hand. So let's go to Romans, Romans, Romans chapter 10. Let's start at verse, verse 6. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart. Who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So it's the word of faith which this apostle was preaching. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall that preacher they preach except they be sent? 
As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. See, my brother, God doesn't do anything. When He extends His hand, it's all about His ordained method of getting the Word to you. Someone's going to preach it to you. You know, my family members, like, and you may think, I did this alone. And you may have a mentality thinking, where I got where I got alone. And I obeyed the different. You know, she, she made mention, and, and, and she'll hear it, and I, she knows I love her. And, and I, I said, you know, she said, well, how did this happen? You know, when I was young, I started calling out to God. And God heard me. I was even filled with the Spirit by myself in my own room. I, and then she said, you had written something for me about how to receive Jesus. I said, there it is. I said, you've got to understand, you heard. I said, when I gave my life to Christ, there was not necessarily a message of repentance being pre- preached that night. I had taken what I had heard and I asked God, Jesus, to come into my heart. I had heard the gospel. See, that's why you, got, you, can't, you can't just say, well, I did this by myself. You didn't do nothing by yourself without somebody preaching to somebody to get you the word themselves. But somebody sat down. God is so merciful that He uses those folks that are under a pastor to go out and tell somebody, you know, that is, that is God. And he does that. It's interesting. I was sitting at a, at, a, at a bookstore yesterday just going over some things. And this young, and the littlest things. You know, I saw this family sitting there and this little girl, they have a chalkboard where they're able to write stuff and draw stuff. But she was drawing this, this picture in simplicity. It was just a cloud with, with, with rays coming out of the cloud and rain falling. On the, but she did it in such a way that it was nice. And I'm like, wow, that is interesting. And I compliment. I said, you know, it's so simple, but you made it look beautiful. You made simplicity look beautiful. And then she hadn't finished. I went back doing my... And then at the very top, she put God first. She put God first. And I looked at it. I said, that's just like God. I said, God... And I told her father, told her mother. God takes that which is very simple. Very... That where people... And I said, people probably say that you're this or you're that. And God takes people like you and He makes them beautiful. But it's God. See, but how do I, you know, in little times that things happen, it's only because I understand what God is doing. See, most of you can't even be a witness because you refuse to be. Now I say, well, I'm not going to take that back. Not most of you. There will be some that probably can't be a witness only because you can't be a good witness only because you refuse to sit under the gift that God has got for you. You can be a good witness. Not a good witness. You, it's impossible because you, you have, you're limited and God is like, I extend my hand, but you're trying to look at it as something that I'm keeping from you. And I have an open hand for you. I want you to go to Revelations chapter, chapter 1. So let's find out what's in His hand. Remember, all the means, all the power, the means, the direction that you'll ever need. That prayer where He's only a prayer away. That, you know, that, 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 that what you need, that what, uh, what my brother, uh, brother Burris was talking about, coming to drink, it's all in His hands. Every bit of it. In Revelations, He's talking to the church. It's interesting how He's talking to the church. It's the revelation of Jesus Christ. And He's saying, it's interesting how you think that God is going to change how He speaks to His church. 
He's always spoken to His church from the very beginning. And He tells us, and I'm starting at verse 11, I said, okay? It says, I am Alpha and I am Omega, the first and the last. What thou seest, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, to Pergamos, and to the Thyatira, Thyatira, and to Sardis, and to Philadelphia, and to Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spake with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, the girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hair were, like, were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like whereas a flame of fire and his feet like fine brass and as if they burned in a furnace and his voice as the sound of many waters and he had in his right hand seven stars and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword and his countenance was the sun shineth in strength it's so interesting that he talks about the church and then he even makes a, a statement about that he dwells in the midst of the church so once again, how can you give up on the institution of the church when Jesus dwells among the church? You can say, no, I haven't gotten up on the church. I've given up on what man has made it. No. Once again, the church itself is universal. It is universal. But what God is doing, you don't have a universal pastor. Your universal pastor is Jesus Christ. He is your universal pastor. But God has ordained something in His hands to give you. Because He said, I walk in the midst of the seven golden candlesticks, but I have seven stars in my hand. And I want you to keep on, let's keep on going. In verse 17, And when I saw Him, I fell at His feet as dead, and He laid His right hand upon me and said, Fear not, I am the first and the last. I am He that liveth and was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore, a man, and have the keys of hell and death. Write the things which thou hast seen and things which are and the things which shall be hereafter. The mystery of the seven stars which thou sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. And the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. And unto the church, unto the angel of the church of Ephesus. Verse 1. So this word angels, and I, and I, and I studied it out. It, 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 uh, there was commentaries that were like, you know, he was like, really, you can't take it as a messenger and you can't take it as an angel. He tried to explain it a different way. And I said, but, but throughout, if you would just read the Scriptures, throughout the Scriptures, he's only dealing, he's only speaking through his messenger, throughout the Scriptures. And he said, these are the messengers of the seven churches. And then he goes on to each church and unto the angel of the church of Ephesus, I give this. And unto the angel of the church of Smyrna, I give this. And unto the angel of the church of Philadelphia, I say this. It's always through the messenger. Because once again, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive. He gave gifts unto men. And he gave the apostle. And he gave the prophet. And he gave the evangelist. And he gave pastor, teacher. Why? For the perfecting of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith. And of the knowledge of the Son of God into a perfect man. God is like, I know what I'm doing. I'm going to extend my hand and in what's in my hand is my possession. It doesn't belong to you. It's only for your means 
It's only for your, for, for your, for your uh, direction. It's only for the power that you'll ever need. You draw from my hand. You take what's in my hand. Because that's what I've left for you. See, pastor, teacher, see, and we can go and I can go and argue so well, I can sit under apostle. And I will tell you, that's just the progression of the church. The apostle prophet, listen, and I can prove it. The Bible says that we're founded upon the, the doctrine of the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. The apostle prophets are the twelve apostles of the Lamb. We, we have the dark. Think about it. Even the apostle to the Gentiles in the book of Acts said he went about with Timothy delivering the apostles, the doctrine of the apostles. So he himself understood the doctrine of the apostles. He understood what his calling was, but he was not an apostle of the Lamb. We're, we're founded upon the apostles and the prophets. Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. Then comes the time for evangelism. And then it comes the time for pastors. Because you can bring people in, but they have to have someone that's going to direct them. Someone that's going to teach them. Some, see, and you may say, well, that is you. No, that's scriptural. You know, all of that, anytime through the scriptures, anytime God's people were in need, there was always a man. Always a man. God does nothing without his man. Nothing without his man. And you're like, well, you know, I can once again, I can do this myself. No, you have refused to take what's in his hand. And because you have refused to take it with his hand, and then you talk about it, it's his possession. It's his, it's under his control. It's his gift. He's only given it to you for what? The power, the means, and the direction. That's what he's offered to you. He said, you, you want, anytime God's people were, even in the book of Judges, when people sin, he always sent a judge. He said, I have to judge, I, I, but I'm going to use a man. Always. And the thing about it, ministry, it's all about passing on to the faithful. That's what ministry is. Ministry is about passing on to the faithful. So why, Pastor Alba Hill? Why? Why during this season? And let's get to those. Let's get to that situation. These are in the notes, so I'm going to jump into some things in this evening. Let's go back to Nehemiah. So after the embrace, we we talked about the embrace means to take. After the understanding, there must be an embracing. So. The word embrace, we, we saw it means to take or receive gladly or eagerly, accept willingly. It means to avail oneself. And I want to read something I wrote. The book of Nehemiah, to me, and I want to say it, I remember when pastor, your founding pastor would say, this is, my, this is my opinion, you can take whatever, you can do whatever you want with it. Whatever you want with this. But the book of Nehemiah, to me, is a perfect picture of the call of God and the assignment upon the life of Pastor Alva Hill. For it speaks of an individual coming from a place that is under authority and being graced to stand in the office of overseer, shepherd, and pastor of God's people. It also depicts a perfect picture of the season we are in at Church of the Living Water. It is a season of arising and building as we restore this generation. But in order to be effective wall builders, we have been called to be, we must first understand and embrace the office. Because remember... You're only going to be as effective as your understanding. You cannot, it, it, it's impossible to build. And you're going to notice something about Nehemiah. 
regardless of what season we're in, they were in a season of arising and building. They were in a season. But first, they had to see the good hand of God. They had to have an understanding of what God's hand wanted to do for them. And who He was using as the hand of God. Who He was using in His hand. Who was in God's hand that they were using so that they can get the work done. Do you notice that there was an immediate opposition from the very beginning? Opposition will always begin with hearsay. Always. You'll notice throughout Nehemiah, they heard. Sanballat and Tobiah, they heard. Sanballat and Tobiah heard. Sanballat and Tobiah heard. And it's always about how they heard and how they responded. Always. It wasn't until they got bold enough that they started trying to confront. But see, during this season, we're just giving you an understanding so that you won't get to a place where you're going to try to confront somebody that you shouldn't confront. See, and, and, and the thing about it, it's not about, you know, who's going to fight who and who's... It's not about that at all. It's all about the judgment of God. Because I want to tell you something. God knows how to deliver His people. He knows how to... When a servant of God is doing what they need to do, God is on their side. So the whole message to me turned out to be authority is on our side. The whole message is authority. From the beginning, His hand is a hand of authority. His hand, everything that's in His hand has to do everything with His authority. He directs by His authority. He gives you supply by His authority. He, he empowers you by His authority. The gifts that you operate in, it's all because His hand is upon your life. It has nothing out, you can do nothing without outside the hand of God. But all of that, He says, don't forget, every gift I have comes from my hand. It comes there. So, Nehemiah chapter, let's go back to chapter 2. You remember when our pastor, my pastor, got up here, one of the first meetings, and she said, I am your interim pastor. Do you remember that? You know, And this is in contradiction because Minister Hayson got up here and said, she is not the interim pastor, she is pastor. Do you all remember that? No. But some of us in our mind might have said, but she said it herself. She said she was interim pastor. And let me tell you, and you should write this down, because to me, I think this, this was just, this was good. This was excellent. Interim pastor, the word interim was placed in front of pastor by the one who now stands in the office of pastor. And it speaks to our situation. But it was never supposed to define the office. You cannot use interim to define the office. Let me share you something. Let me give you an insight. Our founding pastor is not here, correct? He is in the presence of God being refreshed, correct? So he's not in the office of pastor. He's not. So he was interim. Do you understand? He was temporal. He was only for a season. Interim only speaks to the season that we're in. It doesn't define this office that she stands in. So, the office is what? You've got to understand, the office comes from the hand of God. The office deserves the honor, the respect. The, 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 that's what deserves it. She stands in it. What gives her the right to stand in it? Only God gives her the right to stand in it. I cannot question why God gave somebody a right to stand in it. But I want to tell you what's in my heart to tell you why she's in the office of pastor. 
let me ask you of great wisdom, and you, should, you can give me with me after church. Great wisdom, great understanding. On September 1st, after you heard your pastor had passed away, after you, after you heard all these things that were going on, it's like all these questions, what was the wisdom God gave you for this church? What, what wisdom did you have? I didn't know. I wasn't sure. All I knew is that God called me to church and live. That's all I knew. That was the only thing I knew. God, you called me there. But he knew that that my founding pastor was going to pass away that day. He knew that. So I couldn't just do, okay, no, this can't happen. This can't happen. This better not happen. This Because I had no wisdom. Had no wisdom. See, Nehemiah is a perfect picture because Nehemiah was under authority. He was our, see, you got to understand something. Did you expect, let me ask you this, did you expect that we would go outside these walls to found a pastor? Did you expect that? Did you, did you know that we're not founded that way? We have never had to go outside these four walls to feed this congregation. Not to feed them. Somebody may have come and visited just to confirm things that we, that we had been taught. But never had we had to go outside the four walls of Church of Living Water to find somebody to feed God's people. We were founded. And he said, I don't need nobody else. I have everybody that I need here. And he found, he established certain people. So who among you had the wisdom of who was going to be pastor? Shouldn't have been the one that was already under the authority of the one that was under the authority of pastor? See, all of that goes because that is the only, the only, see, God works. Doesn't God work that way all the time? See, you may have a problem with the vessel. You may have a problem with the package. But you know what? She's always been that way. She has been like that from the very beginning that I know her. She's always, you know, it's, hey, if it's, if it's in her heart to say it, she's going to say it. You know, and if she gets up here and, and what, you know, I remember messages like when she went around asking all the single young, do you want to get married? Uh, you you want to get married? Don't be messing around with stuff. You want to get married, just, just get married. You know, she went around. She just directs everything and that's the way it is. It's different in the office of pastor. It, it'll be different in the office of pastor for, because there's a different type of response. But don't be, don't, don't get caught up with once again, it's about the honor that the office deserves. It's not about, well, that's why you can't... You can look at it and say, who would have done I don't want you to raise your hand. Don't get crazy. But who would have thought, well, Minister Martin should have been pastor. Minister Rodriguez should have been pastor. Minister Stinson should have been pastor. Minister Hastings should have been pastor. And you start thinking, and I guarantee you that if you would ask any one of them, they would have told you, God didn't tell me that. <laughs> I, I, you know, I was like, I'm telling you, it's just, regardless if we would have, like for example, the heart is there. Let me tell you about these ministers. The heart is there for you. It is there for you. Because I'm going to tell you this, I wouldn't spend the time that I spend studying that to just say, Lord, I want to make sure that this is you. If you only knew just the time that, you know, I heard another minister say, you know, I usually get up about two or three in the morning, just spend time with God. And, do, and this is not boasting. These are the things that I hear. They didn't, you know, it's not something like, what do you do? How do you do this? And what do you, you know, it just takes time to do what we do. But you know what? There's just no way in this world that I could pastor you. Just no way. But, 
the one that came out from the authority. She was privy to things that you didn't hear. She was privy to people that needed to be... Didn't you know that David told that to Solomon? You watch this. You make sure you keep an eye. You, you keep these people close. You watch Oh, You make sure you pull them in because I've prepared them to do this work. You know, so it had nothing to do with... Even though there may have been questions about what we're going to do, not one of them said to our pastor... Did you hear from God? Not one of us said that. Because we already knew, well, this is the will of God. What we're doing, it's, it's, it's God. You know, we hear, oh, that, that message is from God. What God is doing, this is God. But once again, because you take too much upon yourself. And that's what happens when we think that, but God, you've got to do it this way. And God, what about this and what about that? And all about it's all about what God is doing. It really is. It's not about anything else. I tell you to go to Nehemiah. I'm going to see where I want to go. So I want you to write down. Now let's go to Nehemiah. Nehemiah chapter. Chapter 2, when I said God's authority is on our side, authority is on our side. Because the reason I say authority, and I, and I, and I know I'm, gonna, I'm almost done here, but the reason I say authority is on our side because we've always been established under God's authority. From the beginning. Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. It talks about the establishment and how ministry is passed. It talks about, it goes, now you find faithful. He said, let's go there. Let's go to Timothy. I know I told you Nehemiah. You may keep your tag on Nehemiah. We may go back there. But Second Timothy. Chapter 2. It's interesting. Second Timothy chapter 2, how God does things. God calls a man. And then he tells him, prepare a man. He calls a man, and then he prepares a man. Thou, therefore, my son, verse 1, be strong in the grace. He says, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me, among many witnesses, saying, commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Now, I would ask you a question. Who, in this ministry has been more faithful than your current pastor. Now really, I want you to think about that one. From the beginning, she put her hands on children's ministry. She has put her hands on the choir. She has actually been a strength to her husband. She has touched every area along with my pastor's hands. Her hands have been there. You know, she knows what funds come in. She knows how they're handled. I want you to think about all that for those that question. You know that your current pastor could have done something naturally that she would have been naturally justified. She would have been naturally justified. She had lost her husband. She could have said, you know what? It's time for me to rest. And she would have been naturally justified. We would have actually been left in a place where we didn't need to be. And trying to find who... Like for example, some people would have voted... Minister Haston. 
Some people would have voted Minister Martin. Some people would have voted for me. Lord help you. But they would have voted for me. You know, they would have voted for they would have voted. Some 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 people would have said, No, we need Minister Stinson. We need certain people. We need the people that were closest. Like, think about it. That's Minister Martin, because everybody thought Minister Martin was one of Pastor's favorites, Minister Minister Hayes. You know, so many people thought that. You know, it's like but you didn't know what God was doing. Didn't know what God was doing. And you would have voted and that would have been way out of the will of God. And then there would have been division in our midst. Because you know some people like Minister Rodriguez. And some people like Minister Hastings. Minister Martin, Minister Stinson. You know, I'd rather listen to them minister than somebody else minister. All of this division. And God does never do that. I'm telling you, He never does that. He doesn't give you that right to try to... He's like, no. Who has been prepared? Who has been prepared to stand in this office? Who has? Among you. Because we're not going outside these walls with somebody that does not have our vision. That hasn't founded what we have founded. What has been founded here. That doesn't have that. So God said, Moses, I'm calling you. But you prepared Joshua. And Joshua's going to stand in the office. God's call. See, you notice that Timothy doesn't talk about his call? Only Paul talks about it. He never talks about how Timothy was called. Or how Timothy... He said, no, Timothy's faithful. Let's choose Timothy. See, once again, why Pastor Alva Hill? She's the one that was under the authority of the one that was under the authority of Pastor. That's, you know, and, and the thing is, you've got to understand, don't get mixed up with interim pastor again and pastor. Because it, once again... Interim doesn't define it. It only speaks to our situation. We're in a certain season that we have a pastor that is a female. And she's in the office of pastor. But I'm going to tell you this much. If there's an issue, God will deal with it. God will deal with it. Once again, why does He think you tell you in the Old Testament? Because, man, this is old news. I have it in the New Old Testament. This is old news. He said, I told you that I would deliver my sheep from those pastors because they don't know how to feed them. I will take care of them. I know how to deal with my servants. They don't do my will. God knows how to deal with Pastor Alba Hill if she doesn't do the will of God. She she did not owe anything by God other than what's in His hands that she freely receives. And you're in the same place. Pastor, teacher is in His hands. Are you going to receive it? That's it. Now, you have to embrace that. God doesn't make you embrace nothing. So, I've gone into Sunday evenings for certain people, but some of you Sunday morning folks need to hear that. You need to hear that too, because you don't come back to things like that. You, you don't come back to hear certain things that you do definitely need to hear. Because everything, like Sister Castillo said this morning, all those messages, they, they do go together. There's an understanding. You know, Brother Everhart came up here at the very beginning in his very first scripture that God gave him. He says, I am the Lord God. I change not. I do not change the way I... I've always done things this way. And you're not going to make me change because my servant went to be with me. He said, I don't change because a man has got... I brought his man to, my, my man to his eternal reward. I don't change my method. It stays the same. But once again, we all have a choice. We can do what we want to. But you know, it's better, it's better not to say anything. So you know, I don't understand. I can't agree. So let me leave. That's it. But it's not. Once again, God is like, if you think about it, if you think about what's going on, we've always said this, you haven't missed a meal. 
You haven't missed a meal. And if you see, we are building. You know, I'll tell you, it's a, it depicts a perfect picture of, 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 uh, of Church of Living Water. When our pastor, our pastor, current pastor said, my pastor, she said that God gave her a month to mourn. And you know what? I was, during that season, I, I had uh, spoke to somebody because I deal with customer service. I spoke to somebody on the line and she had just lost her husband and she was a pastor's wife. And she said, I know exactly how she feels. She feels like a fish that's been thrown out of water and she's trying to breathe. And I'm like, you know, that's a, that's a good illustration. You know, and the thing about it is she was given that season to mourn, shaked herself off like King David, washed herself and said, it's time to go. It's time to do. And you know what? She has not said, I need a sabbatical. I need a, I need a leave. And you know, yes, she still gets the same rights and privileges that any pastor should get because she needs to rest. But when, I, when it comes down to the work, I'm like, I was listening to a meeting the other day and she's examined the walls. I was privy to their teacher's meeting. And the things that they're doing, the things that they're examining, the things that they're correcting. And I'm like, she's examined the walls. The, the, the brokenness of the walls. And she said, no, we've got to repair this. Little things, little things like a teacher will not be left in a room by themselves with children. Not one teacher. There will be at least two teachers. Those, those are making sure that, not, that, that we are not a reproach. That we are making sure that, 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 we are, that nobody will come and say that, that they, they allowed certain things that they shouldn't have allowed. They didn't watch for certain things that they didn't watch for. That's just a minor thing. You know, even, well, once again, a picture. She didn't tell any of the leaders anything until it was time to tell them. So, you know what? It's time to tell y'all. This is what we're going to do. And all we did is see the good hand of God. It's all we can. All we can do is examine and say, okay, she's declaring... And all this, this month, it's all we're doing really is declaring the good hand of God. God's hand is like, she is a gift. You know she's an elder, right? She was always an elder. She was always an elder. Don't you think that God was going to use, choose one of the elders to do what He needs to do? Do you know that her son is becoming an elder of this church, being trained to be in... You know that we're only going to pull from the elders. You know, Paul, he was pulled from the elders. God spoke to the elders and said, separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work that I have called them to do. God called them, but He said, no, separation only comes from the elders. So don't worry, you're in good hands. You're in good hands. No one's out to mistreat you. No one's out to hurt you. You are in the hands of God. You really are. You're in the hands of God. And you have to believe that. You see, you know what? You should have to worry about nothing as it pertains to the Word because you're safe in the hands of God. Everything is going to come straight from the hands of God. You may stand to your feet. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.